We've already uh, read the scripture, and you'll hopefully have noticed in the scripture there's a contrast between two different types of people who come up to Jesus. There's children, they come to Jesus. But then there's also this young man of influence, someone we would consider upwardly mobile. If we were starting a religious movement or, or even just a business, we'd recruit this rich, upwardly mobile young man. But the kids, well, and yet, Jesus receives the children and he blesses them, but the rich young man goes away sorrowful. So the question that we have, I want us to ask ourselves today, is who do we want to be like? Now, of course, there's the answer that, you know, because we, we read the scripture, we know we're supposed to say. But then there's the reality of it, isn't there? But who do we want to be? Who do we want to be like? Do we want to be the top, top rung, climbing the ladder? Or are we okay? Sometimes being overlooked. Well, the first group that comes to Jesus are children. Now, children, they don't really have any money. They don't really have much religious training. Um, They don't have any influence. And this is what we read in verse 13. Children were brought to Jesus. I think it'll be on the screens. that, That he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And he laid his hands on them and went away. So especially in that time, children were very low on the social ladder. You know, they're to be seen but not heard. Uh, So the disciples assumed Jesus, he didn't really have any time for these children. Um... The disciples, like most people, calculated that, well, kids, they don't really add that much to the organization. They don't have money. They don't have knowledge or experience or influence. And, you know, they might actually be dependent on the organization. So they assume Jesus doesn't have time for them. So, no, don't bring those kids for blessings. Jesus has got more important things to do. But Jesus... He rebukes the disciples and says, don't hinder them from coming. For for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. These, He he says these children, they're actually an object lesson. Not only do the kingdom of God belong to such as these, but they also teach us something about what God is looking for. That the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus has been preaching belongs to such as these. Now, what does that mean? Well, I think that it means that children, they're, they're humble and they're dependent, right? They're humble and they're dependents. In other words, they depend on adults. And dependence is very, is closely related to faith. 
Because when we have faith in somebody, when we trust them, we are depending on them, not on us, not on something else. No, we depend. So when we depend on Jesus, we're trusting in him, not in our works, nothing else. So dependence and faith go hand in hand. And that's why I think Jesus here, he's saying that, all right, the, the kingdom of God belongs to those who understand their need, who understand their dependence, and they're okay with that. And so children, I want to talk to this. There's some children here. Talk to you specifically. You know, I, I know you want to grow up, and I know you want to become independent and be able to do all sorts of things on your own. But one thing that you don't want to lose. Don't grow out of your dependence on your heavenly father. Don't grow out of that realization that you need God. There's certain things that you can't do, and that's okay. For instance, God, he holds our life in his hands. He holds eternity in his hands. He holds heaven in his hands. And so whether you're an adult or a kid, we depend on God. Problem is, is some of us, especially as we grow up, we spend our whole lives trying to become more independent, trying to become the top, and we lose our sense of dependence on God. And so, kids, I don't want you to ever stop depending on the God who brought us life. And I think one of the things about dependence, a, a good illustration of dependence, is um, so uh, of, the, of the kids here, how many of you have your driver's license? Does any kid have their driver's license yet? Catherine, no. Caleb, no. Any of you guys have your driver's license? No, not yet. All right. So I, I think this is a good illustration. So I need a volunteer. Um, Catherine, all right, you're the, you're, it's, it's a special day for you, so yeah, you can volunteer. All right, I'm going to have Chrissy bring um, this wheelchair. The reason is, is that I couldn't fit my car into, into the, the, the facility here, okay? So, Catherine, I, I want you to take a seat here, and I want you to pretend this is your parents' car, okay? <laughs> all right, so just sit in there, okay, sit in there, all right. Now, Catherine, when you want, let's say that you, um, you need snacks for school. Now, could you drive yourself to school? No, no, you don't have your license, right? And your dad doesn't let you drive, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, don't, don't, I, I know he actually does, but. All right, so let's say that you want to get snacks, all right? So now, do you have lots of money for snacks, or do your parents generally buy you school stuff? Yeah, they, they buy your school stuff, right? Okay, so you depend on them not only to get to the store, but to buy you stuff, right? Right, so you get in the car. Now, you don't drive, right? You just, right, you, you depend on them to go wherever you want, right? You depend on them to drive safely, right? <laughs> now, you don't, when you're driving, you don't have to do anything, right? You just are along for the ride? Right, so we go over here. Unless we're going to get some snacks. We're going to get some, some snacks, right? All right, here's some, here's some, uh, some goldfish. I gave you two so you could share with your brother. But... <laughs> All right, so this is an illustration. So if Catherine is in a car, right? Again, I couldn't put my car in here. She's depending. She depends on her parents to bring her places. Thank you, Catherine, very much. Give Catherine a round of applause. Thank you. And so, and I was glad she volunteered because, you know, 
as when Catherine, you know, she was, she was baptized. One of the things in baptism is that we publicly are proclaiming, I'm dependent on God, <laughs> right? That just that, that um, as, as I'm going under the water and coming up, I'm identifying with Jesus, and I'm okay with that, that I depend on him for my salvation. Just like when we get into a car, right, with our parents if we don't drive. We, we depend on them to bring us places. We don't say, oh, I don't, Dad, I didn't bring my wallet, so I guess I'm out of snacks. No, they, they, they buy them. And so that's why children have sort of an insight into faith that we adults often don't have because we're so busy trying to get to the place where we don't need anybody. We don't have to depend on anybody. And in so doing, we lose that sense that, no, we always depend on God. So that's why when the children came to Jesus, he uses them as an object lesson. He prays and, and blesses them. Because when we come to Jesus, no matter where we've been and depend on him, he'll receive us, he'll bless us. He'll bring us to where we need to go. Because really that's what faith is, is saying, Jesus, I am depending on you to bring me where I need to go. I'm depending on you to bring me to eternal life. I'm depending on you to bring me where I need to go in this life as well. Now, unfortunately, the world encourages both kids and adults, not to depend on God and faith, but to be independent, to be upwardly mobile. Life is about going higher and higher, becoming upwardly mobile so that the world looks up to you. And so the world encourages us to be like the rich young man who came to Jesus. Shortly after the children came, then this rich young man comes. Verse 16, it'll be on the screens again. It says, Behold, a man came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. And this man said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What? Do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then be, can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With God this is impossible. Um, with, excuse me, with man this is impossible. But with God all things are possible. So this young man, he is, he is rich. He had great possessions. Uh, he knew the Bible well because he knew the commandments, and he actually followed those commandments. He was a good moral person. Now, Luke's gospel calls him a, a, a ruler, okay? Now, I know this is school season and you have to get rulers. No, not that kind of ruler, meaning like he was a man of influence, okay? 
So here we have an upwardly mobile person, still young, so he had time to gain even more uh, influence, gain even more money, gain even more religious expertise. If this guy were to visit a church, our church, every pastor trying to get him to join the church, right? Oh, what an addition to our growing church. In our culture, we are so obsessed with youth and with money, and this guy has both. Oh, we want him. Jesus' disciples, they're probably thinking something similar, like, wow, let's get this guy on our team. And yet, Jesus, he sees through the success. He sees this man who seems to lack nothing, still lacks what's necessary to enter the kingdom of God. I venture to think that this young man, he loved the idea of doing big things for God. He loved the idea of accomplishing eternal life because he had accomplished so much in his life, but he realized, I still fall short of eternal life. I want to accomplish that because that lasts forever. And he's right. But he loves the idea of doing big things for God. But did he love God himself? Did he have that faith to depend on Christ? Not his own accomplishments, not his own things that has already put him towards the top. Is he willing to trust in Christ instead of these things? You know, I see this rich young ruler. I see this attitude much. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in the young men that I've trained in various seminaries in the last 10 years. Upwardly mobile. We love the idea of doing big things for God. And yet, we're not deeply in love with God himself. We want to help shape eternal destinies, but we're not dependent and yet that is what's required. Too many upwardly mobile people, for them, dependence is not enough. No, we cling to success. We cling to being first. But what happens when we lose all that stuff or even a part of it? Because there's ups and downs to life. There will be times where we're not being successful, where we're not upwardly mobile. We're on the down. What happens then? Well, then we lose our joy, and sometimes we lose our faith because what our faith really is, it's not about depending on Jesus. It's about depending on God to bring us up to the top instead of depending on God for our eternal life. I know too many upwardly mobile former ministers who have left the faith because being a dependent child of our loving Father was not enough. Jesus, he sees through it all. He sees that we actually lack the childlike heart of faith. And yet, he still invites us. He still invites us to let it all go and to follow him. Many up and mobile people, upwardly mobile people, they can't do it. They can't do it. 
and even the rich young man himself, he realizes that he lacked something. <laughs> In his conversation with Jesus, uh, when Jesus tells him, hey, follow the commandments, and he says, you know, oh, which ones? He says, all right, I've done all that. I, I've, I've done all the religious things I'm supposed to do, but he senses he still lacks something. He still falls short of eternal life, and he was right. And Jesus tells him, no, give away all those things. Give all away all those things that made you top dog, that made you number one. Get rid of them all and just, and, and follow me. Find your identity in this poor, untrained man from Nazareth. Jesus called him to be content with being dependent on God. With being last in the world's eyes. And tragically, this young man, he went away sad. It is hard to accept being last when you're used to being first. That's why Jesus says it's so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven because they're so used to being first. Because money gives us power, it gives us influence, it gives us all sorts of things. And so when we're so used to being first, it's hard to accept being last. It's hard to be dependent on God when we spend our whole lives trying to become independent of him and gaining control, right? So many times in our life, what is it about? Well, if I can just control more things, and when we seek control, what are we seeking? We're seeking not to depend on God, but to depend on ourselves, not to trust in God, to trust in ourselves. I can't trust in anything, but if I get control, I'll do what should be done. But Jesus, he calls this young man that despite his list of accomplishments, he didn't understand that the kingdom of heaven, the eternal life, it's not achieved by doing what we do in the world. And that's go, you know, upwardly mobile, gaining more, achieving more. And he didn't understand that. And in fact, the disciples didn't understand that because they see him. And when Jesus like, yeah, it's, Hard for those types of people to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they're like, well, then who can be saved? Because they buy into, and we hear this lot peddled, that, oh, if you're wealthy and, uh, you know, you're well-connected, God is blessing you. Hashtag blessed. You know, that God is just pouring down the blessing. And if you're not wealthy and stuff, you're just going to name it and claim it because that's what God will put his blessing upon you. And then you'll be rich and you'll be influential and everything will be good. And so the disciples, they think, well, who can be saved? Because if this guy, he has it all. Isn't he blessed? And, and Jesus says, no, actually, he lacks. He doesn't seem to lack anything, but he actually lacks what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven. See, we don't see our need. We want to have it all together. But Jesus says that's the problem. When we have it all together, we don't see our need. We don't see our under, utter dependence on God for every breath we take, every single breath we take. I was reminded of this quite a bit this week, um, you know, visiting Mark Fleming before he died and then Priscilla also. And, um, you know, with Mark his lungs just finally stopped working. I mean, they had been slowing down for the last many, many years, but he took his last breath. But every time I would visit him, it was, oh, God gave you one more day because we, we didn't know if he'd have that next day. But then it became, no, each breath, 
Like each breath, we are dependent on God. And sometimes it takes our breath being taken away or, or our, our control being taken away to understand how utterly dependent on God we are. There's only so much machines can do. And now Mark, he understood that dependence. And so he had a, a peace and a hope as he faced eternity. Because over his life, he learned, okay, it's, it's not about gaining knowledge. It's not about gaining religious influence or expertise. It's to, about depending on God like a child and following him. Because we are utterly dependent on him. So the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who understand their dependence on Christ. Because if we have Christ, we have everything. If Christ is first, then we can be last because he's the one who's driving, right? That, okay, if Christ is first, he'll take us where we need to go. And as verse 29 says, there's nothing that we leave behind for Christ that will not get back 100-fold. And that has a couple of meanings. One is, yes, in eternity, everything we gave up, we're going to get back so much more. But even in this life, the kingdom is already and not yet. It's not yet in that we won't uh, fully have it until we're in God's presence. But it is already in that we have the Holy Spirit. We have so many gifts of God. We have a peace and a contentment beyond the circumstances. Things that aren't necessarily material, but they are what make life enjoyable, livable, so much more. So my friends, who do you want to be like? The rich young ruler or that dependent child? And again, I, we know the answer we're supposed to, especially after this sermon, right? <laughs> but yet everything in our culture, everything we do is going to be pushing us towards independence, autonomy. And that's why when we approach Jesus, and maybe, hopefully that's why you're here, you're here because you're, you know, at least interested in Jesus, you sense, ah, I lack something. And, and hopefully you're attracted to Jesus because, yeah, he's very wise, he's loving, he heals people, he has power, but we sense, mm, all is not right. And you might be thinking, okay, well, I know it's not, not all is right, so I need to do more, right? I need to follow more commands. I, I need to do more, do this, do that. But most likely, what you lack and what I lack is dependence. <laughs> it's not doing more. It's depending on Jesus. A childlike faith that is willing to drop everything and follow the Heavenly Father because you know, again, he's driving and you trust him. So what are you holding on today? What are you depending on for your sense of worth, for your sense of identity? Because we're told, no, what makes us worth is our net worth. So we cling to money because we think that's what shows us our worth, but it's not. Is that what you're clinging to? Or maybe it's success or influence. All of these things that make you an independent, upwardly mobile, number one person. Whatever is keeping you from truly grabbing onto Jesus, let go. Like those children who came and clung to Jesus, let go of those things. Don't go away sorrowful like the rich young ruler, because there's a joy in letting go, right? There's a joy in dependence of not having to drive. Catherine, when I was pushing you around on the, Catherine, when I was pushing you around on the, um, the wheelchair, it was kind of fun, right? 
Yeah, especially when I went fast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, and, and Wendy and I, when we've gone our vacations the last couple of times, we've, got, we've went on tours. What that means is I don't have to drive. I don't have to plan. I just do what the tour guide tells me, and he brings us to different places, he or she, right? Now, there's a joy, there's a freedom in that. Now, I don't get to uh, do what I want when I want. When they say, hey, it's time to go, I can't stay. I've got to, so I lose some of my independence. But in that dependence, there's a freedom, there's a joy. There's a joy of saying, you know what? I don't even know where I'm going. I don't even know where to get the, the uh, snacks for school. But I don't have to. Christ is first. I can depend on him. And that's what God's calling us today, is that dependence. What do we need to let go? And then finally, you know, expression, you might say, okay, I, I need to let that go. What else? What else can I do? Is when you believe in him, one of the things to express that faith, that dependence, as we just said, is baptism. Right? Is that, yes, Catherine was baptized, Jerry was baptized. Jerry's, he's a grown man, Right? And yet, like everyone who's a Christian, we understand that, no, I'm dependent on God. And that I want to express my faith, my utter dependence on Jesus through this, through this baptism. So Jerry, he, he did that. There's many of you out there who, you need to do that too. Not the ritual, but the faith. The faith that says, I depend on Jesus no matter how old you are, how young you are, if you understand your dependence on Jesus, the waters are there. And again, there's nothing in the ritual. It's in that dependence and that expression of faith. Let's pray. Dear God, we lift this time up to you and pray, Lord, that we would have open hands. We would let go of those things that we're holding on to that keep us from clinging to you like a dependent child. Lord, as a grown man, as grown women, we don't like to express how dependent we are, how weak we are, how we can't do anything without you. But yet, Lord, that's our confession of faith, that we need you. So Holy Spirit, move about this place as we take the Lord's Supper Lord, uh, strike in us this utter need for you and cause us to let go and to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.